0: Blob Talk Radio. Good morning. This is Gail Sylvia, host of SylviaGlobal.com Radio. Thank you so much for being with us today. I am extremely excited, absolutely thrilled to have a very special guest um, to introduce to you. Her name is Yensina Larson. She is an unstoppable, absolutely energetic, incredible visionary, a social media entrepreneur and speaker. She is here joining us today as the founder of World Pulse, an action media network that's devoted to bringing women a global voice. Also, today she is using the power of interactive media um, to connect over 40,000 women from 185 nations, including those from villages, using Internet cafes and cell phones and turning that into a powerful force for change. Yensina, thank you so much for being here today. How are you?
1: Thank you, Gail. It's great to be here. I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. It's very exciting. Tell us about World Pulse. Mm. Well, we are using the power of digital media To connect women worldwide and bring them a global voice As you mentioned And uh, it really began as a vision of mine Working as a freelance journalist in the Amazon And on the Burma-Thai border And I met some incredible women leaders Who really changed my life And they kept asking me to be their messenger And it wasn't long before I realized in my heart and soul, that I didn't merely want to be a messenger, but I wanted to create a global media source where they could be their own messengers for the world. And so uh, there began an incredible journey. And today, as you said, we actually are now 50,000 women from 190 countries. So we've grown uh, since we last connected. And uh, and you know, it, it truly women's lives are changing all over the world
0: what prompted world uh, how many years ago and what triggered what triggered this was there a specific incident that made you say okay I'm doing this now versus doing it later mm.
1: I think some of us have that experience of just being born with a deep longing inside of you and I had that growing up I was born in rural Wisconsin and a very, very shy. I was homeschooled, and I had this just yearning to learn from women as teachers around the world because I wasn't hearing from them in the media and the newspapers. And I felt as a void as if something was missing. And so I uh, ultimately went at uh, at 19 and just said, I've got to go out into the world and really learn from these women. And as I mentioned, being in southeast asia and south america was just this wider aha moment for me and i think it was building over time it was it was there was a series of these profound moments especially in conversation with an incredible woman who you know perhaps like in the amazon the 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 traditional land of the indigenous women had been completely contaminated by oil and their children were dying of skin cancer and stomach cancer and so as she was told me please tell the people of your country what's happening here I got the power of of communication and then in Burma with the women refugees who were fleeing the ethnic cleansing and they were you know their homes had been bombed their children had been killed or tortured and and they they also asked me to carry their messages and it was that moment of like Oh my God! If I, if I could just devote my vo- my voice to getting your messages out, your solutions and your ideas, which were so sophisticated, then my life would be worth it. And, but I was absolutely terrified. I had, you know, I, I saw the vision of World Pulse, this global media enterprise, but it wasn't going to be me to do it. Um. So it took me a long time going back to the U.S., holding it inside. Um you know, going to the newsstands, turning on the radio, and saying why isn 't anyone doing this it 's just the world is starved for women 's voices and solutions and 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 then it was just this point when I was twenty eight years old when I said i can 't hold this back anymore. It was like an animal crawling up in my throat and i couldn 't hold it back mm-hmm. and I thought it 's going to be a greater risk uh to not do this than it would be to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. You shared very briefly how your childhood, growing up on the farm in Wisconsin, um, played a part in this. What about your, the messages that you learned at home from your parents to instill in you some sense of responsibility to reaching out to others?
1: Mm. My father was a bookshelver in the largest library in the University of Wisconsin campus. All his life, he just shelved books. And my mother is a a passionate gardener and has sold flowers around the square in um, the farmer's market in Madison, one of the largest markets in the country. And each of them imparted something very different for me. My father was just this humbleness and this sense of imagination and exploration through words and stories and music. And he was just an encyclopedic storehouse and he he, the the folk tales he gave me from Africa from Russia as a young girl teaching me to read and expand my mind have just shaped who I am and so I am just a great explorer and a global soul I think because of my father and then my mother is always taught me the value of the, the hands in the dirt and just being close to nature and listening to nature and, um, you know, being passionate about things. And she has just shown me the beauty of the
0: world. It's absolutely wonderful because this, um, these experiences, including the stories that your you referenced, that your father shared with you, took you beyond your wildest imagination. And that word, beyond has now come to have special meaning within Global Pulse and the World Pulse live tour. Can you talk to us about that?
1: Mm. Yes. You know, as World Pulse has grown and we have women logging on, connecting, and speaking out on our platform from every single region of the world, uh, we we started a training program for grassroots women Citizen journalists and then training them in new media and empowered leadership. Because the women were asking for additional training, many of them coming online for the first time from Bangladesh, from the slums of Brazil. And so we created this intensive training program that is about six months long. And they learn how to use cell phones for rapid re- reporting, they learn how to write op ed pieces and feature stories. And out of that, every year, every year, we train women to train other women. So it's creating a big ripple effect in communities from some of the most unheard regions of the world. But there are always these these most incredible electric voices, and we select three. It's a very difficult process to come to the U.S. to represent this wider network of women using uh, digital technology to be voices for their communities. And we bring them to audiences across the U.S. to inspire, to connect, we bring them to influential forums. Like they spend the day at the U.S. State Department, and they go to CNN, or they they speak to inside of big technology companies to advise them on how to how to adapt the technology to truly serve women at the grassroots. And this year, this is our third year of doing it. We kind of stumbled upon it where we thought, well, we need to bring these women live. And now it's become World Pulse Live, and this year is going to be in four cities. It's going to start in New York on September 20th and then uh, be there for the Clinton Global Initiative and for the U.N. General Assembly and many more events, New York University. And then it's coming to Portland, Oregon, which is our home base, and uh, we have deep roots there with our community. And then we're going to go to Washington, D.C., which is always the highlight for the women and then Atlanta. So that's where we're going to have our finale. The women who are coming are unbelievable. They're from the Congo, from Syria and from from India and of course have each unique stories.
0: What's the selection process?
1: Mm, it's agonizing.
0: <laughs> so
1: so it it really begins with our training program where we have mm, 600 plus women from around the world who apply. And then we employ listeners. So for those of you who are out there listening to this show, it's a way that you can connect directly to these incredible women leaders and uh, read their posts, comment, help every single woman feel heard. And then we work with our listeners and with our staff to select the 30 who will go on for the rigorous training. And then in that process, each woman gets a mentor, an, an ed- editorial mentor and a vision mentor. And again, for those of you who are listening out there, it's another way that if you want to give back and really help a woman catalyze her voice and her life journey, it's an opportunity to participate. And those, the mentors and our staff, we work together and we select the final six for who we feel are really speaking to the pulse of current events, who are really Um, ready for this kind of tour and to represent all of the women of our network then we do interviews and 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 i'm dialing our team we're dialing into nigeria and the congo we're braving all kinds of crazy internet connections and phone connections to 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 deeply talk to them and there's a whole other uh, another set of questions we ask and process and then uh, we select three Come and usually there's a lot of screams <laughs> and a lot of dancing and a lot of joy um, from from the women who are selected because you it's I'm, really a dream come true to come to the U.S.
0: It's amazing. I want to back up though for a minute, them because um, there's something I feel that is very valuable um, that I want to make sure we capture here in your your story, your experience. How did you? Actually implement what you know. The day that you implemented, and what were what was that you know those first what were those first few steps, and then how did you make the quantum leap from just a few women to thousands of women? Mm
1: -hmm. Well,
0: and how did you fund it?
1: Okay, great. Yeah, it 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 was. You know, in the beginning, fueled by pure passion and vision. And I always tell everyone: if you have a dream, the first thing to do that worked for me is just to start speaking your vision. And if you get people responding to you, saying, "Oh my God, I I want to help with that. I how, what can I do?" You get you're getting a green light signal, and to continue. And that's what I got, and I didn't know how to do it. I had no idea. As I mentioned, I had no experience. I had no financial resources. My We grew up on food stamps, so I couldn't ask my family, and I had no experience in media and technology. So I built, assembled a pro bono team for the first few years, and we began to work on creating a prototype. And that's what I always say. Is and that is the next good step is create a prototype so people know you're serious. Nobody was taking me serious when I was 28 and, and no experience. They they thought that's nice, kind of pat me on the head, of, you know. Sure, you can connect women all over the world. <laughs> and uh, and then on top of that, my first piece of the vision was a print magazine, which is very complex and technically sophisticated. So I began with a print magazine and there's a whole industry learning curve I had to just throw myself into. And the, uh, we did a prototype. And the, the print magazine got out on newsstands across North America, and the, the newsstand sales were higher, two to three times higher than most new magazines on the newsstand, and we were nominated for a, an independent press award for best global publication. And all of this, you know, green lights kept happening. But um, in terms of raising the funds for it, uh, again, I was a complete novice. So I started by asking friends and family and gathered maybe, you know, a couple thousand. And then the people that I babysat for, uh, that family gave me my first $5,000 so I could move into the brochure phase, as I call it, before I even had a magazine. And then... um, and then I started going out onto women's living rooms in Portland, and women would ask me to to speak, and I would come, and, and they would cry, and they would write me checks. And I didn't have anything but a brochure, so I raised my first $400,000 from mostly 50 and $100 checks in women's living rooms. It took a couple of years, and I started in Portland, and then it grew to Colorado, and then it grew to to California and then it grew to New York and then it grew to Canada it just kept growing. And then over time just the confidence of our of our support our long-term supporters uh, started giving more and more and today we have a, a a mix of foundations and um large philanthropists and we have um business business partnerships as well.
0: Is this your full-time work?
1: Oh yes, yes, it is.
0: And it how is. large is your staff?
1: Our staff is is ten ten people mostly based here in Portland?
0: Well, and the first country that you connected with um, electronically, where was that?
1: Ah, well, that was that was Kenya. What, what, the, the second phase of our evolution was moving into the interactive web, and it, that was a that was an interesting transition because I saw that the future was not in print and we had to move into interactive web it would give more women the opportunity to speak for themselves and so we launched our beta site and we we had people thought we were crazy we had no idea what we were doing and women's voices started popping on from all over the world and i'll never forget in kenya uh it was right after the massive election violence that had happened there late two thousand seven early two thousand and eight, um, and we I met one of the one of my deepest friends who's i'm still close to to this day, and she came on using her cell phone from rural Kenya, and my team was like, Ansina you have to you have to see this and a woman had written, "Hello, hello, is anybody there? Please tell me that I'm not lost." And so we responded to her as we did and said, tell us your story. And it just poured out of her that she was HIV positive. She had been almost dead the year before. And she had five children. And she was caregiving for 17 other women who were almost dead of AIDS. And she had a burning desire to live. And she wanted to be connected to the world. And uh, as, as, as we grew with her and she started to connect, with the community that was building, and she met alliances, and she eventually started becoming a, a citizen journalist with the election violence around her, talking about the bullets, the gunfire around her home, the burnings in her community, the, the, the children whose families had been killed that were coming to her door, and then introducing all the women of her community to World Pulse and training them through just a, a laptop in her kitchen. So there's a line out her door. And soon enough, she got a scholarship to become an AIDS caregiver and a trainer. She got a selected to be, go international as a rural woman with HIV-AIDS to major AIDS conferences in Canada and Mexico. And I mean, it's just, it just unbelievable, all the things. And today she's traveled around the world and stayed in seven or eight different countries in major women's conferences because now she's a voice. And nobody knew her name. Nobody knew who she was before. And she supports me. Like, she'll Skype me late at night when I'm working, being a, burning the midnight oil as an entrepreneur, and she'll Skype me and say, "Yancina, you have to zoom off to bed. Go to bed. Don't worry. I've got the flame. I'm carrying the flame, the
0: flame for you. I've got <laughs> the flame. Oh, this is so... Um I don't know. It brings such joy to my heart, uh, and, and Sina, to to hear how you follow the light of your own passion and how you've been able to light these flames in the hearts of so many women in really a, such a very short period of time, and to make a difference in a way that uh, you know that is so desperately needed and to bring that message of hope and encouragement and tenacity, you know, and, and the the courage that's reflected in the hearts of so many women, of all of us, you know, around the world. How did you make the connections with the other 140 countries?
1: It just grew, and it grew several ways. One was word of mouth, the first women that came on. Usually there's a couple of transformative things that happen. One is a, a, a breakthrough and self-confidence because you're feeling heard. Um, women, people are women and men are commenting on your what you've written from all over the world, and for some women, it's the first time it's ever happened in their lives, and they want to share it with their communities. So women go out and train other women how to use the internet and how to access Whirlpool and to speak out. And uh, the other way is that we do it through our partners. We are a communication network. We're a connective tissue. So we partner with about 40 other women's empowerment organizations around the world, and they have uh, promoted World Pulse to their network of grassroots women as a resource, as here's a place where you can be heard and you can be connected. And uh, and so that's how we, we grew. But it's if anyone who's built an online community knows, it is, you, if you experience a bell curve and it's slow, you know, it's one person per day for a long time until you hit a tipping point.
0: And what and, was your tipping point?
1: Well, I think the tipping point was when we started the training program. And we began to offer, we started to offer real, all of these different va- value for women. There was, of course, the connections, which was great. But once we offered the training program and then we began, we had enough content that we could start channeling that content to other media outlets like the CNNs and the Huffington Post and the Reuters. As we started to offer those kind of bigger opportunities and, um, and also we started campaigns on the issues that the women of our community care about, like ending violence against women or digital access and rallying the collective voice of our community and delivering their testimonies to the White House and to the United Nations. That's when we started to hit that tipping point and, and um, had started to experience exponential growth. And today our numbers are doubling just uh, from this year over last year we are experiencing double to triple of of growth for uh, web traffic, and most of that traffic is coming from South Asia, from India, Bangladesh area, Pakistan, and also Africa.
0: So here's a very important question. How does our audience connect with your audience? How do we connect with these women and hear their voices?
1: Mm, I love that question. And so there are several ways. I mean, first of all, you can go to worldpulse.com and you can start to just get on the pulse and read women's stories. And you can get um, lost, like in a book of poetry and stories, and it depends. You can do it for for three minutes, you can do it for hours, whatever you want to do, and uh, deeply listen. I do it (laughs) before I wake up in the morning, before I drink my coffee in the morning, before I go to bed at night, because I love just hearing what's on women's hearts and minds. So, you go to worldpulse.com, you can uh, click on Pulse Wire, which is the interactive community component, and the Voices Rising section is where you'll see voices coming up minute to minute. You'll see some in French, you'll see some in Arabic, you'll see some in Spanish, and you can just use the Translate button to English, if that's your native tongue, and just read from there. And then the next step is commenting. If you're so moved, if you're inspired, just to leave a, a comment and say, you know, I, I, way to go, I believe in you, I think you can achieve your dream, or I relate to you in some way. And that can change
0: a woman's life. This is absolutely wonderful, absolutely wonderful. What would be the um, closing... Word of encouragement or message that you'd like to leave our audience today?
1: Mm. Well, uh, I would leave with 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 my with the vision that we have, and and that is that we are living into and creating a world where no woman feels alone or unheard, and every single woman believes in the power of your of our own voice. And I see uh, that we can become millions and millions of women connected, leading change in every region of the world, just at the touch of a button and be there for each other. And that can overturn dictatorships. It can transform economies. It can create a world where our men and boys are also free and liberated. So I I encourage everyone, and this is your vision, in your voice, even if you're living in a suburb in Chicago, you have something to offer and the women around the world are seeking your sistership and your support so it's a two-way thing it's not about us helping these women it's not about charity by uh, by sharing your voice and connecting you are going to get every bit as much about uh, in it for your own life and transform your own life through this
0: process Absolutely, um, a pleasure to meet you. What is this is is my closing question, and that is what is your vision for World Pulse from this day forward?
1: Mm. Well, I, I see us as as the leading action media network that is truly powered by millions of women who are creating change on the ground around the world. It's community based. It's decentralized. Uh, the women are owning it in their own communities, and that's beginning to happen right now. Uh, women are truly, you know, calling themselves the, the the pulse and taking it into the deltas of Nigeria and take into illiterate and rural communities, and connecting women's voices. So I see I see this being big, and and that any woman in the world who has access to the internet at a touch of a button can feel connected and feel heard.
0: Whatever we can do to support you at World Pulse is what we're here for. And I just really um, sincerely mean that and appreciate you introducing all of us at Sylvia Global to the wonderful women in your world.
1: Thank you, Gail. It's a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much. I look forward to talking to you again. Hope you'll come back on.
1: All right. Thank you.
0: All right. You've been listening to Yensina Larson founder and CEO of World Pulse. Um, again, Yensina, you know, tell them you'll be on tour and how people can go and hear your, you know, the upcoming World Pulse Live, How where they can get that schedule?
1: You can get the schedule by going to the worldpulse.com homepage, and you'll see the World Pulse Live icon on the right-hand side. Click on it. It has the full schedule, the bios of our speakers, and uh, where you can follow us through social media and see live global broadcasts
0: as well. Absolutely wonderful. Yensina Larson, founder and CEO of World Pulse. This broadcast can be heard on sylviaglobal.com, also on worldpulse.com. And you can find it on iTunes as a podcast under Sylvia Global. Love to have you follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook and let your friends know about the wonderful work that women are doing around the world. Thank you. Have a wonderful day, Yensina. Thank you. You too, girl. Bye. Talk to you soon.